The unofficial Shopify podcast is supported by e-commerce bootcamp, a new strategy guide from the hosts of this very show. In it, you'll learn the insider secrets of starting, growing, and marketing a successful Shopify business that supports the life you want. For a free sample chapter and a special offer, visit ecommerce-bootcamp.com today. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kurt Elster. This is now probably the thing I'm best known for is hosting the unofficial Shopify podcast, which I'm honored by. It's cool. Um, and I have, I have some exciting local news for you. So first thing I just got, you know, earlier I bragged about being married. I just got back from my honeymoon. That was quite the adventure. Um, and we took some cool photos. I'm totally going to plug it. If you want to see it, juliankurt.com. There's some featured photos, which are fun. Um, that's on a personal note. All right. And now the, the pitch. So we have now at this point launched, um, our exciting book and screencast series, e-commerce bootcamp, um, the manual, uh, go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com. The response that I've been getting to the book has been fantastic. So I just want to read you a quote that somebody sent me about it. Um, Marcus said, this book is great. You're great at simplifying things and actionable items. I'm only halfway through it, and I've already been able to identify what I'm doing right with my store, where I need to improve. Not everyone can write about what works while also turning it into simple, actionable steps for better results. Many people can look at a Shopify store and say they're good or bad, but this book is teaching me all the pieces that make it good or bad. So that, like, hearing that um, absolutely made my day. Um, I'd love it if you check it out. Um, and since you're a listener, go ahead and use the code, uh, the offer code launch to save 20% on it. All right. On to other things. So we're, we're, we've moved, uh, into December. We're into the holidays. And that means one thing. Not that Christmas is around the corner, which it is, but that soon we have to start getting our books in order for taxes. And this used to give me huge anxiety. Um, I, like, I would literally just think about it all year, and then the closer and closer we got, the more worried I got about it, because it's a it's this horrible, vague thing, and everyone's scared of the IRS, and I totally get it. Um, and that was until I hired an actual professional bookkeeper for really a surprisingly affordable amount um, to just take care of it for me, just handle it. And then that way, all I have to do is get a packet, hand it to the accountant, and really, everything's taken care of for me. Plus, I you know have this snapshot of how my business is doing, which I love. Um, it makes my life much easier. Um, but joining me um, is a wonderful man, Donnie Cooper. Donnie, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Donnie, tell us what you do. So I try to help you avoid the IRS. No. Um, so <laughs> we do uh, bookkeeping, right? And we try just try to keep your books accurate and updated so that you don't have to worry about it. Basically, I mean, the, the favorite way I like to put it is uh, we try to take you from proactively having to concern yourself with it to being able to safely ignore bookkeeping. Like, you'll get an email and say, oh, look, my books are done. Let me forward this to my accountant. And then that's it. That's the end of your bookkeeping. And you can go back to sales, marketing, customer service, whatever it is that actually gets you money. That's the dream. And that's, I literally, exactly. I didn't believe that that was possible until I experienced it myself. Um, and it, it's fantastic. It's just like one as a business owner, it's one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah, and then one like really, really big thing, right? And uh, fun fact, just so you know, um, unicorns work at the IRS. They are not all super mean, evil people. If you call and talk to them, like 
I don't know if anyone is behind or like crazy stressed about it because maybe they haven't filed in a few years. But they'll totally work with you, especially like really small businesses or freelancers and startups and that sort of thing. If you call them and just say like, look, here's my situation. I messed up a little bit. I'm totally going to get it right. I'm getting my books caught up. I've got some help. Um, and then I'm going to pay you what I can when I can. They'll A lot of times they'll pause Pinterest, uh, Pinterest, uh, penalties, <laughs> penalties and interest. Um, they'll pause it and, and get you on like a payment plan or whatever. And like they're nice to talk with uh, most of them. Yeah, and, I have had, well, I have just had questions and called up, and they both, yeah. they were incredibly helpful. They were polite, yeah. and they answered my questions. Um, yep. I can't say I've ever really had a, a bad experience with the IRS that wasn't my fault. Yeah, well, so there you go. I mean, it's, it's not as dreadful, it's just the time commitment. It's just like, you know, should I be doing this, or should I pay somebody uh, and then go get another customer, and, and thereby kind of be, you know, should I be doing sales or should I be becoming professional at dealing with bookkeeping? Yeah. Right? And that's like, even, you know, I have an MBA, I've taken accounting classes and even then I'd be like, am I, you know, I always had this vague sense of like, am I doing this right? Um, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. 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 I took a bunch of accounting classes too. Um, uh, geez, I can't even remember how many, but I, I was at one point I was trying to become an accountant before, um, I really figured out like, actually I just don't want to, I want to be in business. Well, and that's so, actually that's an um, interesting distinction. I think a lot of people don't realize a bookkeeper is not necessarily an accountant, and you don't necessarily want to hire your accountant as a bookkeeper unless you really hate money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, right. Like, so an accountant is this very uh, professional, high charging, high hourly rate person that can help you strategically uh, and help you file paperwork. Right, if you're buying a house, you need to talk with your accountant. You're getting married, talk with your accountant. Getting divorced, talk with your accountant. Buying property, get, you know, talk with your accountant. Starting another business, talk with your accountant, right? Uh, or taxes are due. Have your accountant file the paperwork. But what you don't want to do is be spending your time talking with your accountant about, okay, so I need to go get an Excel spreadsheet and I need to put what in this column and I need to be, okay, I need, like, no, 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 no. Your accountant should not be assigning you um, data entry homework. That is not, that's not your thing. What you should do is have a bookkeeper um, that keeps your books done and accurate every month. And then that way, when you do talk with your accountant, you can just say, hey, here's my reports. Let's talk turkey. Uh, here's some investments I'm thinking about making or here's some whatever. You know, you can basically spend your time talking strategy instead of data entry. That's why you want a bookkeeper. Uh, and it's a lot less than, than, than paying a bookkeeper to, I mean, uh, paying an accountant to, to do data entry work. And they don't usually want to do it anyway. So I hear uh, there was a, I, I could tell that you have had experience with oh, calling God. the IRS. So, okay. I'm going to, like, this is super confidential secret. Just, it's just uh, between us. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have, to, <laughs> you, have to, you have to cut this out and not put it in the uh, recording, but I'm going to tell you my story. So, um, I got, like, 50-ish thousand dollars in debt um, from taxes, and I didn't even realize it. So, there's this thing called, like, this concept called, like, the minimal... Minimal viable company, right? And so if you if you gross, like say you're in business the first year or two and you gross thirty thousand and then the next year you gross fifty thousand, but you spend it all because you, you had to pay your mortgage, you had to pay, you know, you had to buy a car, you had to, you know, buy groceries or whatever, right? God forbid, maybe you spent hundred dollars a month on entertainment, right? Yeah. Well you think you think to yourself, oh, there's zero dollars in my bank, so I don't I didn't make any money, so I don't owe any taxes. Actually, you owe taxes on all the money you spent on your personal living. Right, so every time you buy groceries, 
let's say you go to your favorite grocery store, you spend 100 bucks, you owe 30 of that in taxes now, roughly, right? Or 10 or 20, depending on whatever tax rate you actually end up spent paying. But technically, you, you owe money on that money that you spent personally. So long story short, after about two or three years of being in business for myself, I think it was actually three, I, or no, I'd have to look now, but this is several years ago, um, I went and sat down with the accountant and was like, okay, I've been in business for a couple of years. I'm starting to, you know, revenue starting to go up a little bit. I, I think I need to kind of start having bookkeeping and, um, and, and have things under control. And he looked at my situation and was like, yeah, you owe like 50 grand. <laughs> oh God. I'm like, do you understand? That's, that's, I, I, I didn't make that last year. How can I owe 50,000? Like, how do I even, what do you do in that situation? Right, I started a business to work for myself, and now I'm, I owe fifty grand and didn't even know it. Uh, so yeah, it was a hugely scary situation. Um, I can tell you how I got out of it. it, it, it really crazy. Uh, basically, I charged a year of my life to the game, and <laughs> it's a good way to put I, it. Yeah, I just said, okay, um, I am. I'm not going to outsource anything. I'm going to do everything myself. I'm going to work twelve hours a day, seven days a week for the whole year. I'm going to raise my rate. I'm going to go out and try to get any moment that I'm not actively working, I'm going to spend it on getting new clients. I'm going to spend it on advertising or asking for referrals. So I did that um, for a year and saved up enough money to basically break even with the house. And, and I had to pay taxes for that year too. So right, basically I had to save up like $70,000, $75,000. I don't know, whatever the math was. I had to save up a lot of money by the end of that year in order to cover it all, right? Um because keep in mind, I have to save up fifty to pay taxes, but I have to pay taxes on, on that the 50. fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was yeah, they really get you crazy. coming and going at that point. Yeah, like once so, you so once you've dug the hole, like oh, is that the point where you reach out to the IRS and say, "Hey, need a payment plan?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like don't even try to fix it for at first. Just reach out to them and say, "Hey, I screwed up. I dug a hole. This is where I'm at." Plus, there's this kind of cool-ish thing. I don't know if, if you call it cool or not. Depends on how you. Uh, look at the economy or which way you vote, but uh, basically, if uh, the, the IRS might settle with you, right? If if you owe a lot and you just there's it's blatantly obvious you're not going to ever pay it or be able to pay it, they might settle with you and say, okay, well, give us this much now and pay this much for this long, and we'll call it even. So it's good to just get on the same page with them. Um, where they start seizing assets and stuff is when you ignore them. If you ignore the IRS, that's if you're getting letters from them and phone calls and you're not responding, that's when they start actually seizing assets and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. But as long as you're communicating with them, they're not it's not like you're going to go to jail or whatever. It's not a debtor's prison like it used to be a couple hundred years ago. Um, so anyway, that's that's the terrible situation I was in and that kind of made me realize so you know, I jumped ship from wanting to be an accountant to 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 being in business, screwed up my bookkeeping and accounting situation like Completely, you would think I would have known better, but I, apparently I didn't. And no, it uh, happens to everybody. Even like yeah. we've been doing this six years now, and year two, I I ran into a similar issue. Yeah. So I that, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's a it's a not uncommon story. I think people are just embarrassed to admit it. Yeah. So well, and then what happened was I so after I dug myself out of the hole a little bit, by that time I was actually friends with um, the founders of LessAccounting.com, which is a bookkeeping app. And they start. By a, yeah, and this is where I should share the. Um, so when I spoke in September at Double Your Freelancing Conference, um, mm -hmm. Alan Branch from Less Accounting spoke, um, yep. and he also runs Less Films, who filmed um, the conference. 
And that's where I met uh, Mr. Donnie Cooper. And it yeah. was actually he I um, he had been emailing me, and I actually I liked his um, I liked your uh, one like some of the emails in your email sequence, and I stole yeah. them, and they ended <laughs> up like they're. The like re- parts of it are, are rewritten and in my own email sequences now. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we spent a lot of time um, trying to kind of come up with like creative pictures, like uh, you know, like somebody laying in a dentist chair and a dentist holding like this huge drill or whatever. Yeah, that, that was yeah. the thing. Yeah, because bookkeeping, like some people don't even want to talk to a bookkeeper because they're embarrassed or it's painful. And one of your emails, and that was the one that really got my attention, was so fantastic. Um, that yeah, I think had, it was like. Yeah, like, it's hey, uh, I'm not as bad as a dentist. Yeah, or something. hey, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not anything like a dentist. And then it had like a picture of a. Uh, it was like a screenshot from something but like a giant dentist drill. And just so you know, interesting marketing tidbit here. The next iteration of that is I'm going to replace those pictures with actual pictures of me doing things. Right. Okay. That's so smart. like I'll put I'll put on like a dentist outfit and like hold a Dewalt drill or whatever, and like that'll be the picture I send. <laughs> You know, I think it'd be really funny. Yeah, yeah you just uh, buy like a dentist mask off Amazon, like a dentist costume yeah. off Amazon. Yep, exactly. Or I, might even go, I might even go to my actual dentist and just be like, hey, you know, here's 20 bucks or whatever. Do you mind if I just take a quick picture in the, you know. Um, <laughs> That's a good idea. So, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, who's going to say no to that? It's like free PR to them or whatever. So, All right, so but, you, were, you were hooking up with uh, less accounting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right around this time, they were talking about like um, trying to kind of do this bookkeeping service where instead of people using the app, we'd have actually have real life bookkeepers use the app for them on their behalf. And, um, I guess they kind of gave said like, Hey, you know, you seem like you can work hard and they knew my tax situation. So they're like, all right, this guy definitely has commitment. Um, and, uh, and you know, my, my, the company I was doing prior to that was SEO and like marketing and and stuff. And so they're like, all right, this is a good fit. So they kind of, uh, and I reached out to them too and was like, you know, how can I leverage an existing audience? I think this is a lot of things like freelancers could consider doing. Instead of trying to start your own business from scratch with nobody, why don't you reach out to an existing company and say like, hey, you have this great software. Let me do a service on top of it and we'll co-own it, right? So bam, now all of a sudden you're partners with this decent sized name brand, right? Which help like And super you get to leverage track. their audience and they get yeah. a new stream of income with very little work. Right, right, right. And so no, like smart. you yeah, you bypass like five years of hard drudgery work, right? And so, uh, huge opportunity for me, and and also uh, I like to think I provided some value to them too. So, because you know I'm somebody they can trust, they know I'm gonna do it. They don't have to micromanage me. They know I know marketing and and that sort of thing. So anyway, so we kind of struck up a deal, and they're super nice guys, um, and um, plus they already have all the resources, customer support, you know, all that stuff. And so, and it didn't hurt that I had. Um, you know, bookkeeping and, and accounting experience from from college. So, long story short, we partnered up and um, and and started kind of offering real life bookkeepers. And the the funny thing is, everyone I talked to, literally ninety eight percent of them, their books are a complete mess and they're behind by like whatever the first of the year is. They're behind. Everyone <laughs> is always the first, you know. And so, uh, and it's they're yeah, it's always like scared. it's such it's an incredibly common. Pain, like almost universal pain, yeah, and no one talks about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think so. Like all these freelancers and stuff, and especially me in the beginning, thinks like, oh man, everyone has their stuff together, and I don't, and I'm behind the curve, and I need to work late tonight or this weekend because I need to catch this up. No, everyone's behind in the same way. But I think bookkeeping particularly gets like 
blown out into this this bigger issue than what it actually is. Well, um, yeah, it's like it. No one wants to do it. It's painful. It has a huge penalty if you don't do it right. And so it's just always on the bottom of the list because you don't have time for it or you're fearful of it. Like people just blow it off. And realistically, it isn't that hard because they uh, like what you know. What is it really? I mean, it's just it. It's a spreadsheet, like well, fundamentally. Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays. So, um, and it, you know, obviously, I'm partial to less accounting. Plus, we're like super handsome and and fun to work with. Uh, but having I, met having met the whole team, I agree. <laughs> so, but I think uh, no matter who you use, right? There's lots of lots of apps out there. Um, nowadays, they all connect with your bank and they'll download your transactions for you. So it's not like you're doing any data entry work. Um, it, what you're actually doing is you're logging in, you look at a list of your transactions, you select which category uh, each of those transactions are for, and a lot of times you can even set up rules, right? So if Texaco and it's an expense market gas station or whatever, right? Um, and, and, then, and then, and this is the hard part, this is the scary part, So, but it's not that scary. So once you've, you're done categorizing, then you pull your bank statement, you look at the beginning balance and the ending balance, you look at your bookkeeping app data, and you make sure the beginning balance and ending balance for the same time period is the same amount, right? And if it's not, then you go through each transaction. And you say, okay, well, I got one over here for $2. I got one over here for $3. Which one's missing? Or maybe one of them is entered twice because a lot of times the banks actually don't give you correct data. Um, you would think they would, but they do not. Hmm. So, so you, that, that, in that process, is called reconciliation. All you're doing is reconciling the beginning balances to make sure they exactly match with your bank. And then that's it. You're done. No more bookkeeping, right, for the month. And so uh, it's not that hard. Now, the argument I'll make is – And that's when people tip it, you know, um, that's when people should do it. It's just once a month just yeah. run through it rather than trying to like every time you have a transaction put it oh, in or at the end uh-huh. of the day, just do it once a month. Yeah, just do it once a month. And not, and not only that, but I would even argue uh, – right, I mean, of course I would, but but I would argue like – if you're not a bookkeeping company, why do you outsource that, right? Like you, do you, you don't build your own email server. You outsource that, right? So same. Oh, same well, yeah. Thing. It took me five years, but outsourcing it was like literally one of the best decisions I made. Like yeah. I didn't realize how much I worried about it and how much time I wasted with it until I outsourced it. And, and I think a lot of things should be outsourced that that you know I tried to do myself in the beginning, and it's ridiculously dumb because as the business owner or freelancer. My time is the most valuable asset of the company, so my time should be spent either doing the work or sales and marketing, right? And so uh, if, I, if I'm not doing one of those, there's a huge opportunity cost to the company. Why are we having this? Because like, I'm super overqualified to be do, doing bookkeeping in my own, own, own company, and so is everyone else. Um, you know, If you're a graphic designer, and you're, why would you – and you just say you get paid 50 bucks an hour. I don't know what you get paid. But let's say 50 bucks an hour. You can hire a bookkeeper for a lot less than that, and you could be out doing work or trying to get clients to do more work. What you're not going to do is spend your own time doing bookkeeping and end up getting extra money from that somehow. Like yeah, that's, and at the uh, same time, you don't want to hire someone lousy like a virtual assistant who doesn't have the experience to do it. Well, not um, only that. I mean the big reason why you don't want to do that, and, and, and actually I, I put them in the same category as hiring like a local person bookkeeper, uh, bookkeeper um, even if they do it for a living. Because if you have one person, not a company, but you have a person in, in individually responsible for your bookkeeping, what happens when they get sick? What happens when they quit? What happens when they get a better job? What happens – right? They're, they're – trying to do the same thing you're trying to do, which is kind of run a business or run themselves as a business. And um, they're going to have ups and downs. But if you find a company, a team of people 
they have processes and systems in place, and they have economies of scale, they can usually be cheaper. That's uh, a good and, point. But so, are, so what is what what should I pay? What should I expect to pay for bookkeeping? Well, I mean, it drastically depends on kind of like what your needs are. But roughly speaking, you should be paying, especially for like I think probably what your audience uh, is, or, or or you or me for that matter. I think our is roughly between you know seventy a month and two hundred a month, somewhere in there, right? Most of them are probably going to fall right at the hundred dollar a month mark, or I don't know, maybe seventy dollars a month mark. Um, and that's enough. And that's enough to not have to worry about. And if you get one, if if you actually do this now, it takes discipline. But if every Friday or every month you spend a couple hours cold calling people or doing whatever activity instead of doing bookkeeping, like every month you put it on your calendar and say, okay, on the first of every month I'm going to spend three hours cold calling referrals, you know, friends of friends, or emailing friends of friends on LinkedIn or whatever. And you actually do that during the time you would have done bookkeeping. I guarantee you, you're going to have more money every month than you would have doing bookkeeping yourself, right? So you should actually be disciplined enough to do the sales and marketing during that time that you would have been doing bookkeeping. So outsource it, but make yourself sit down and actually get new customers during that time so that you can grow. That's how you grow a business. You do not grow a business by doing everything yourself and saving every penny that you possibly can at the expense of every opportunity that you're that you're missing. That's probably like the biggest lesson in there. And that took a long, I think that takes a long time for a lot of people to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most successful people I know said, uh, you know, I, I, the question was something open-ended, like what's your secret of success? Something to that effect. Um, and the guy's worth millions upon millions. And he said, hire the bet, like figure out what you're good at. And then for everything else, hire someone who's the best at it. God, that's so, yeah, that's like, I'll, I'll t- so t- let me add on to that. Um, I think that's definitely lesson number one. Um, I don't know. I might even make that lesson number two. Here's here, so here's the other big lesson that took me forever to learn. But that's definitely like the biggest thing, um, or one of them. the The other thing is just take next steps. And what I mean by that is like specifically because because I was given that advice for like a year, actually from uh, from from the partners at Less Accounting, um, and. I couldn't figure out what it meant. Like, what do you mean just take next steps? Like, it sounds simple, but I don't actually understand what that means. Why am I failing? What that means is do not sit here and make a comprehensive marketing plan before you execute on the the next easiest tactic, right? Just get something done today. Good enough now is better than perfect tomorrow. Oh, just get something. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I agree. There's so many yeah. people who just get, yeah, like, Oh like yeah, podcast. no. I'm I'm gonna launch this, and I wrote this business plan. It's like, well, okay, but what do you have to show for it? I mean, a launched a a launched book with typos is better than an unlaunched yeah. book that no one ever sees. Like, That's if you're exactly not gonna right. ship it, launch it, sell it, whatever. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. And I, like, so that's what I do now. Is like anything. Anything that any endeavor that I take on, I look at it and say, okay, that that sounds great, and that'd be awesome if I could do that. How can I do one tenth of that today? How can I just do one tiny little sliver of it or one tiny little example of it today? And then tomorrow, maybe I'll do another one, right? And then maybe another one after that. But what I won't do is sit down and say, I need an amazing podcast. So I'm going to line up 30 different interviews and I'm going to sketch out exactly what we're going to talk about in all of them. Then I'm going to go look for the software and then I'm going to launch it. No, like, Go download whatever software you need to right now. Just Google it, click the first one, and then email one friend and get him and do one podcast, right? And then worry about podcast number two later. So 
I, I definitely think, and, and I think that plus outsource what you can, if I would have known those two lessons, I think it would have saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes or lost revenue, and it would have saved me five years of my life, I think. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's just like, and I mean, it's just good business advice. Um, I mean, other than that, what the only other, uh, I mean, the, okay, so the big advantage here is, you know, if you have, so you're saving time, you're not worrying about it, and if you have a bookkeeping service um, or doing good bookkeeping yourself, one of the two, you know, the big advantage there, like the end result is it lets you determine your actual accurate tax obligations. Yeah, and, and also like just And take- that's where the anxiety is coming from is you don't – if you don't – or if you aren't doing good bookkeeping, you don't know your tax obligations. Yeah, and I would say like I'm sure you're behind or a lot of people are behind on their bookkeeping because a lot of people are. Don't make it into this big thing that has to all be solved at one time. Just take next steps. Hire a bookkeeper to keep it updated from now forward. And in a couple of months from now, after you got that off your plate, then say, okay, actually, I'm also behind for 2014 and I need to get that caught up and, and deal, you know, break it up into smaller problems and just deal with one at a time. Because maybe you can afford one right now and you can't afford the other. Or maybe, you know, what I don't know, but, but definitely, you know, don't make it into this big thing that's like, okay, I'm going to deal with that in six months. Uh, I'm not going to deal with it now. Just, just deal with one part of it and get the ball rolling. Don't keep putting it off because if you do, you're going to wake up like me. Two or three years in, owing fifty grand without any money to pay it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like running a business in itself is overwhelming, um, but you have to like fundamentally, you know, for a business to work, a cornerstone of that is going to be having your finances in order. You know, especially if you're doing e-commerce, doing retail, like where you have oh, to yeah. get sales tax involved, import tax, and you need to know cost of goods sold to figure out gross margin. Like it can quickly drive you crazy when you should just be working on growing, developing, running that business day to day. Absolutely. Um, so just taking bookkeeping off your plate in itself is a, a fucking growth hack for e-commerce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, I agree completely. Yeah. All right, are there uh, any other tips? Anything you have to add? No, I think um, that's all the magic that I have for today. Agreed. So, if someone wants to learn more about you, uh, where do they go? Yeah. So, uh, well, lessaccounting.com forward slash autopilot is uh, my. I have a picture and a video on there. is really cool. Um, you can email me, Donnie at lessaccounting.com. I like. There's uh, a, uh, a picture of you looking intentionally and exceptionally nerdy, and then there's even a little note on there that says, "Yes, that's actually Donnie." <laughs> yeah, because we had a lot of people email, and, and when we first put that up, and it was like, "Is this uh, like, is he real? Is that is that is that a stock photo?" No, yeah, is that, it's actually no. him. Yeah, it's totally me. Um, Patrick Ingman, a photographer out of Austin, Texas, good friend. He's the one that took the picture. If you ever, if you're around that area and need a good photographer, he's awesome. Google him. Patrick Ingman. The, uh, yeah, that's what's funny about having like really great photography is it's almost like, man, we should have just made this a little shittier so that people, so that it would be authentic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. essentially what happened. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Okay, cool. So, well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. And best of luck to everybody with their tax woes. Yeah, don't, don't be afraid of it. Just hire, like, if you're terrified of your taxes, I mean, it just, what it probably means is you should just hire a bookkeeper and stop worrying about it. Yeah. Just outsource it and be done with it and move on to sales and marketing. All right. And of course, I'm still going to continue. If you want to get, um, I'm going to plug my own stuff. If you want uh, to get the unofficial Shopify podcast emailed to you, uh, sign up for my newsletter, kurtelster.com. There are a million one sign up forms on there. You can't miss it. Um, and of course, if you want to check out e commerce bootcamp, you can uh, get a free um, sample chapter of it. Uh, if you just trade us your email address, we will give you 
instant access to that sample chapter at ecommerce-bootcamp.com. All right, I will see you next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.